Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Well, you can call off the search... I have been found. I am the host of this podcast. What's the name of it again? Markets and Mortgages. I am Tyler Crawley, and I apologize for my absence. I think this is the longest I have taken off um, in consecutive days. (laughs) Obviously, I've taken more days off uh, during the time of this podcast, but in a row, Got to be a new record uh, for this podcast. And uh, I'll I'll explain why here in just a second. I I do want to let you know that this week is going to be insane. So I picked a perfect week to come back because, and and we'll get into this later, uh, there's so much data this week, (laughs) like Wednesday. There's like six reports coming out. I don't even know how we're going to fit it here on the podcast. I got time to spare, though, because uh, I am now I now have a surplus. I'm no longer in a deficit of time. That many days off, I now have a surplus uh, of time. Not Actually, time's infinite on podcasts. There's, there's no time frame that is necessary, as you all are well aware. But it's good to be back. So where was I? Um, well, obviously, I, c- I actually could have started last week, but because it was Thanksgiving, I was like, why just do like two or three shows and I'll, I'll just wait until I can get a full week. So that's why I was ready last week, but I chose not to come back. And if you if you follow me on the website, of course, marketsandmortgages.com, where you know I post all these stories that I talk about here on the podcast, I was posting back on there. I had stopped everything for an entire week, actually it was like a week and a half and why did that happen? Um, so for those that don't know, I am training to become a loan officer, which is perfect timing. Right? <laughs> it's like I'm the guy that chose to get to talk radio right before talk radio um, kind of. Uh, and it's still there. It's just sort of a fraction of its former self. You know, the rise of social media and other platforms. And that's a topic I could talk about for probably an hour about what's happening with radio and podcasting and everything else. But so as a young person, I chose to get into a profession that not not only was kind of on the way out, but I was also just insanely young, like for talk, like talk radio. I think the average host is like 60 something. (laughs) And I was like in my late 20s when I got my start. So I like to go against the grain. And so now that we're seeing this just huge kind of reshuffling of the mortgage industry, I thought, hey, why not? Why don't I become a loan officer (laughs) when you could see, I've talked to some people who know what they're talking about, people that have been in the industry 20, 30, almost 40 years in some cases, and they've said that we could see as many as two-thirds, I'm sorry, one-third, not two-thirds, one-third to a half of all loan officers leave the industry because the originations, the volume is not there and the refis have dried up. So you're talking about purchase originations and that is it. And they're just, it's not going to be what it was. And so there are a lot of people who are going to say, well, I'm not making the money that I was. So I'm getting out of the business. So I've decided that now's a good time to (laughs) 
get started. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because I have um, this. I was taking a class. It was an online class. And I was I was taking it at a leisurely pace. And I didn't realize that the deadline that I had set, I thought I didn't know it was a hard stop. I thought it was just sort of like, uh, I'd like to finish it by then. But apparently, if I didn't finish it by that date, I would lose access to the system that I was training on. So it was like all hands on deck and I had to go into like midterm sort of finals. I, I didn't even know this Tyler still existed, but it did. I, I still, I found it inside of me. I found the college Tyler and I pulled him back out. You know, it's always funny because when you know, you're younger, you always think that when you're older, when you're an adult, you're not going to have those like toxic traits <laughs> that you have. You're like, I'll grow out of that. I'll be more responsible. Nah, it's total lie. <laughs> like, I waited the last minute. I completely, procra- I procrastinated in college. I procrastinate now that I am an adult. Now that I'm over 40, still procrastinating. And so I did the same thing. I was like, oh my God. So I had to take the class. I had to, I think it was, let's say it was 10 lessons. I did seven of the 10 in one week. I'd done the other three in the previous three months. <laughs> so I did it all in a week. And then I had to do a mock exam and then a final exam that was three hours. And the good news, I passed. <laughs> like Now, here's the bad news is that on this exam, passing was 70 and up. No, I'm sorry. It was 80 and up. I got an 86. It was 80 and up in college, like. What do they say? C's get degrees or D's get degrees and all. No, I think you have to have a two two point out. You have to have a two point out. You have to have a bottom a C minimum. So you gotta have at least a seventy. So this eighty was a threshold, but I got an eighty six. Yes, thank you. A round of applause. <laughs> Is anyone clapping for me? I don't know. Um, so I passed, and so I was able to come back, and here we are. And I'll make sure that my next stage of loan officer training, I'm going to manage my time better. (laughs) I'm not going to do what I normally do. I'm actually going to manage my time better. And this is, this week will be a good example because I'm going to have to manage my time trying to, you know, read these reports, write about them. And then of course do a podcast and pick which ones are the most important because we're probably not going to be able to talk about everything. I mean, this is a crazy week, which makes sense because we had last week was Thanksgiving We only had one real day. I think the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we had a bunch of reports come out, you know, jobless claims, mortgage rates, mortgage demand. Um, I think we had new home sales. And then we we got Fed minutes. Then we got Fed minutes. And that was all on Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, nothing happened. I mean, it was like a barren land. (laughs) I I was searching for anything to write about, and I really couldn't find anything. That is not the case this week. So starting... This morning, Tuesday morning, we are going to kick things off at 9 a.m. with the gold standard when it comes to home prices. And that is the Case-Shiller Home Price Index, which is expected to show home price growth slowing to 11% for the 20-city composite index down from 13.1% in August. So based on what we've seen, that number could be even lower. (laughs) I think things are slowing even more uh, than even maybe Kay Schiller might know. And of course, because it's the same day as Kay Schiller, always we get the Consumer Confidence Index, which is expected to fall a little bit to 100. 
So that's a, you know, I'm not sure if a hundred's a threshold or anything, but it feels important. And so we're right there on the cusp as we enter the holiday season, go into the big shopping month, December. So that's, that's happening on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, this is like the insane day because it's jobs week because we, you know, we start a new month at the end of this week. And I think remember earlier this year, there was one month where I think the first was going to be on a Friday. So they pushed the jobs report, the big, you know, non-farm payroll till the next week. They're not doing that this week. This is jobs week. So we have all these kind of like compressed reports. So it's a truncated kind of month in a way. And now we're sort of even extending next month. So I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So on Wednesday, you know, internationally, we're going to be getting in the inflation rate for the Euro area. Always important to see what's happening in other countries, how, you know, what's happening here with inflation versus what's happening globally. I think it's important to pay attention to, but domestically things kick off at 7am. We get mortgage demand and rates at 815 ADP's private payrolls are projected to show 200,000 jobs created in November. Then at 8.30, we're gonna get the second estimate for the third quarter GDP, which they're actually projecting will show a slight increase from 2.6 to 2.7. Then at 10 a.m., we're getting job openings, which are projected to fall to 10.3 million. Then also at 10 a.m., we're getting pending home sales, which are projected to fall to five or fall 5% month over month in October. And then at two o'clock, the Fed beige book. <laughs> so, I mean, what is it? That's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six. I said that earlier. Six important reports, especially for housing, you know, with pending home sales and mortgage demand, uh, all coming out on the same day. Six reports. And Thursdays kind of just is crowded. So on Thursday, we're getting PCE, of course, the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. Uh, that's expected to fall. Core PCE, excuse me, core PCE is expected to fall to 5% in October. Personal spending is projected to rise 0.8% and income is expected to rise 0.4%. We're also gonna be getting jobless claims, which are predicted to fall to 235,000. Then we're getting mortgage rate data from Freddie Mac. We've seen two week or two weeks, yeah, in a row of big drops in mortgage rates. We'll get the latest data from Freddie Mac. And then at 10 a.m., ISM manufacturing is projected to fall under 50 to 49.8. Always important to see what's happening with manufacturing to give you an idea of what's happening with production. And then Friday the Mac daddy, the big non-farm payroll is projected to show 200,000 jobs created in November. And I got to tell you, it's been a while. If I can't even remember when the non-farm payroll was the same as the ADP report. So I'm kind of surprised by that, but that's all happening this week. (laughs) I mean, like, and PCE is big. Because once again, that's the Fed's inflation gauge. I mean, remember remember the reaction that we got from CPI? You know, mortgage rates, you know, felt big time. And we saw big moves in the market. Everyone very excited. If we see a big drop in PCE, man, I feel like that would be an even bigger move. Because remember, PCE is more important than CPI. That's what the Fed looks to. And then we got non-farm payroll 
on Friday. So we have two big reports back to back that could have a big influence on mortgage rates, which of course are an important part of the housing sector and an important part of markets and mortgages. So we got a lot going on this week. Here's something that's kind of fascinating. Speaking of mortgage rates, so there's no doubt that the housing market is very different right now than where we were just six months ago. And it was kind of fascinating because there was a report at, you know, at Bloomberg yesterday morning talking about the headline was U.S. housing enters deep freeze with sellers and buyers sideline. And the buyer's argument is that a lot of people who could have bought a house bought a house. Historically low mortgage rates, you know, a lot of people, you know, did cash out refis, took advantage of the equity they had in their homes. And so the people that, you know, could buy not only bought, they bought a second home, they were refining. And so a lot of what happened during the pandemic was you not only saw people doing cash out refis, but also first time home buyers who were essentially pulled forward because of the historically low rates. So somebody that would have bought now bought six months earlier or bought even maybe decided to buy at the end of last year instead of you know waiting until now or waiting until spring 2023 and there's no doubt i mean there's there's evidence of that sort of being pulled forward but what is interesting is i mean let's let's also make it very clear that nobody knows what's going to happen next i mean we can look at all this data and say well normally this would be happening but we're in uncharted waters if you remember at the end of last year, every single outfit, I mean, every single one, I don't care. You're talking about Mortgage Bankers Association, National Association of Realtors, um, you know, Goldman Sachs, City. I mean, just I, mean, I don't care who you are, Morgan Stanley. I don't care who you are. Any big outfit. They all got it wrong. They all were like, oh, yeah, rates, maybe 4% next year. The highest it'll get 4%. I think some still thought it would stay in the threes. And here we are ender, and ending 2022, and we have reached above seven. I think if you look at where rates are, they're you know high sixes right now. No one thought that was going to happen. And so everyone just got it completely wrong. And then remember, they thought last year we were the housing market was going to slow down, then it picked back up. And which is the predictions, which normally there's a great quote that I'm sure I've said here on the podcast before, and I'll say it again. Uh, there's this great quote. I don't even know who it's attributed to in all honesty. Every time I find it, it's like unknown where it said economic forecasters are like cross-eyed javelin throwers. They don't win many accuracy contests, but they keep the crowd's attention. (laughs) And so everyone does it. I do it. We all predict what we think is going to happen. But right now I'd say that we're just, they're going to be worse than normal. And like, here's a great example. So I love Bloomberg, you know, Bloomberg, wall street journal, kind of my go-to outlets for business news. I love the op-eds at both places. You know, you got, well, Nick Timoros doesn't really write op-eds. He's a reporter. He does great work at the Wall Street Journal. Then you got people like Connor Sen, Matt Levin over at Bloomberg. Who I mean, anytime I see something that Connor Sen's writing, I'm going to read it. Same thing with Nick uh, Timoros. Matt Levin's done an amazing job recently with, um, you know, crypto and explaining the FTX situation. Very fascinating pieces. Uh, And Jonathan Levin over at Bloomberg, also someone who I enjoy reading. And he recently wrote about the housing market. 
And he said that rising inventory will be the next, will be the housing market's next problem. And he said that, you know, right now we have historically low inventory levels. And because there's no real demand, you're not seeing a real hit to prices. But when spring comes around and we normally see, you know, inventory levels jump up, that's going to really hit home prices and you're going to see home prices fall. And I don't think it's a completely ridiculous idea. I definitely think inventory levels are going to rise at the beginning of next year. Um, We'll talk about the uh, Altos' latest data here in a second, but that's more than likely what's going to happen. What's interesting, though, is how many people are actually going to sell. Because while Levin thinks that we're going to have, I guess, even normalized times or maybe even better than normalized, there are others who aren't as confident. Uh, One of them is Benjamin Keyes, a real estate professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School, who was interviewed for another Bloomberg article. This is the one I was talking about with regards to uh, U.S. housing enters deep freeze with sellers and buyers. And here's what he said. He said, this is Han Solo in carbonite. This is a market that could stay frozen for quite some time. There really aren't any forces to unthaw it in a rapid way. And what he's talking about is basically you could have sellers sidelined for years. There are few eager buyers because many home purchases were pulled forward during the past couple of years we just talked about. So those who wanted to move to the suburbs are already there And you have other people who are sitting on historically low rates that we may never see again. I mean, if you're someone sitting on a two and three quarter or two and a half percent mortgage, I mean, there's really going to have to be something to get you out of that house. And so what he's saying is, is that you could have a situation where there's not a lot of buyers, but there's not a lot of sellers. It's not 2008 where people have to move out of their homes because their rates are adjusting. They can't afford their payments. In fact, they're in the complete opposite situation, which we've talked about many a times where they have a rate that we might never see again, and therefore their payment is a number they might never see again. So if they move, they're going to lose that. And so if they are forced to move, one of the things they might do is just rent it out. And so that could keep inventory levels from rising to a more normalized level. And so those are two, I think those are very two possible scenarios. I mean, they're really the only two scenarios is that inventory levels reach normal levels uh, or they don't. (laughs) It's like one or the other. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not going to pretend that I do. And I'm not not discrediting saying, oh, look at Jonathan Levin being so cocky that he would make that. No, no. I I mean, I I think it's a very possible scenario. And I'm glad he's putting it out there. But at the same time, you have other people who are very smart in their field saying that actually the opposite might happen where we don't see those inventory levels rise. And so I will say confidently, I have no idea what's going to happen over these next six, seven, maybe a year, six, seven months maybe a year. There we go. I I want to clarify. I'm not saying six or seven years. Now I mentioned inventory. I want to get to this real quick here before we close out the first show back. Altos Research. Love them. They do great job. Weekly reports. And they have now reported that inventory levels have fallen for four weeks in a row. Mike Simonson, the CEO of Altos, two months months ago was like, hey, inventory levels are about to peak and then they're going to fall 
as we go into the new year. And he was a little off, I think, by about maybe two weeks. And then things have now finally started to fall. Housing inventory ticked down to 564,000 units for the third week of November. That is down slightly from last week when it was 268 and is now down 2.2% from the 577,000 peak that we saw at the end of October. The median price of a home in the U.S. is now $419,500. That is basically unchanged from last week. I think it was down from like 420,000. So like a $500, $500 move. Uh, but this is down 7.6% from the peak in mid-June. And then speaking of prices, price reductions have been climbing since March. I mean, they bottomed out in March and they have been climbing ever since. However, they seem to have plateaued and are now starting to fall. So for three weeks in a row, they were at 43.2%. That's 43.2% of homes on market have had a price reduction. It was like that for three weeks. It has now fallen to 42.9%. And Mike Simonson last week said that price reductions had reached their peak. And the fact that we're now seeing the first decline, I think since February, uh, he might be right on that. Don't doubt Mike Simonson, man. I mean, this guy has been in front of a lot of trends and he was the first one to see saying, Ooh, look at that. That's, this is about to happen and no one else was seeing it. So I would not doubt Mike Simonson's powers to predict, which is funny. Cause I just said that you shouldn't, you know, no one knows what's going to happen. I, I'm not talking like six months. I'm, He's just saying, like, this is what's going to happen now. (laughs) Kind of for the most part, at least ending 2022. All right. So we are we are done. I think that was a good first show back. (laughs) I hope I'll I'll be here tomorrow. No, I'll be here tomorrow. Um, And we got a lot to get to. As I mentioned, of course, you can read everything that we talk about here on the podcast at the website, marketsandmortgages.com. And you can always sign up for the companion newsletter delivered right to your inbox every morning eh, around 6 a.m. You know, gives you an idea of what happened the day before and what's happening that morning. It's pretty good. I like that newsletter. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and waits.